Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. In this episode, I chatted with Dave Smith, a friend of mine. Dave's the founder and uh, owner of Smith House De Design and Build. He went from almost filing bankruptcy to now he has a $10 million company, construction company in Maryland, more than just construction. We'll get into that in the episode. But we talk about how Dave, how he decided to start a business, um, why he went into business for himself, how his partnership initially, he, he had a partnership which didn't go so well and they had to exit uh, the business because they didn't know what they were doing from a financial standpoint. And and then uh, really the first few years of his business, uh, how, how that was super challenging. And we dive a lot into how he's given back and how, um, I don't want to spoil the episode, but the ups and downs of fostering and adopting children is a, uh, a centerpiece of this one. And and uh, also how his company has grown massively in the last 15 years. And like I said, $10 million company now. Now they're able to do all kinds of service-related projects, and they're actually building their own organization and network to make a huge impact uh, for those who are underprivileged. It's just such a, a refreshing uh, conversation that Dave feels extremely blessed and um, and has been blessed and recognizes the opportunities that he's had um, and has made the most of them to give back to others. But it hasn't been all rainbows and, and butterflies and unicorns for sure. So lots of wisdom in this one. This is not one you're going to want to miss. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I'm your host, 
Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us a friend of mine, Dave Smith. Uh, Dave is the founder and owner of Smith House Design and Build. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Really honored to be, to, uh, be here. Absolutely. This is going to be a fun one. Dave and I have known each other each other for years, uh, and um, I've paid Dave a lot of money over the years. And um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but but not really. But no, we've worked we've worked with with Dave and his company for years, which is is uh, has been fantastic. And we'll get into that. Um, so, Dave, tell us, uh, give us a little bit more context for the listener out there. Who who are you, and what are you up to today? Yeah. So. Um... Uh, owner of Smith House Design and Build, our company, we're Baltimore based and, um, we've been in business 18 years. We, uh, are a home remodeling company. Um, we, we, that's kind of our, our sweet spot, sort of all things home. So whether it's a large addition whole house renovation or handyman, you know, we kind of encompass all that. We, uh, you know, have cabinetry offerings in house and design offerings, obviously in house and um, and yeah, it's fun. We enjoy it. We love it. It's awesome. I and mean, we'll obviously get in a little bit later into some of the ups and downs of the the business. We're going to dive into that. I can't wait for that. But um, so what, just before we jump into your backstory, though, what does uh kind of give us a picture of what the company looks like? You know, number of employees, number of projects. What do you have going on today? Yep. So we, uh, we have 45 people on staff and, you know, on, on the build division, what we call it, you know, we normally have maybe 10 to 12 projects going at a time and the handyman division, it's, it's all over the map. Um, cause they're much smaller, smaller jobs, but, um, sure. you know, it's, it's a fun growth story cause you know, we, at the beginning of of the company really had no clue what we were what we were doing what i was doing and um and we've grown and in some ways i feel like we're just getting started but you know we're around a 10 million dollar company right now okay uh, that's helpful for context i mean it's that's a that's impressive um although it sounds like you're poised for for growth so we'll we'll get into that so talk to the the listener out there who maybe they're not, they're working a W2. And um, I don't know, maybe they're working for a construction company or, and they're thinking about starting their own, their own small business, or it doesn't even have to be in construction, but take us back really to before you started Smith House and, and, um, you know, why did you want to jump into being an entrepreneur? What what was your mindset at that time? What were the what was the context of your life? I know there are a lot of questions there, but just kind of let's jump back to before you started Smith House and and what you were thinking and what your your uh, kind of thoughts were to, as far as starting a small business. Sure, um, you know there's some people I think that start a, a business it seems with a very clear I I want to do this and I mm-hmm. want to build this and and that that wasn't my story. I you know I graduated from Penn State with a history degree and there you go. I had I had done <laughs> construction during the summer times uh just to you know raise money and so forth. Um and I went back to that. I had the opportunity to go be a full-time employee. I was the first 
I worked for a general contractor. He was an old school guy. He did everything. So he, it was a, a you know, he would be ashamed to sub anything out. So we did mm-hmm. the electrical, the plumbing, the concrete, the, the everything. Um, and I was actually his first full-time employee he had ever hired in 21 years of, of business. Um, oh, wow. So I learned a lot. And sure. I, I went back to work for him after college. And long story short, I just, you know, I, I tend to call it sawdust in the blood. I, mm. I just, I loved it. I, mm. I loved the work. Um, mm. But what I particularly, I began to saw, you know, I began to see is that remodeling, it was an opportunity when, when somebody said, came and said, I want a new kitchen. I want to renovate mm-hmm. my kitchen. Mm-hmm. What they were really asking for was, was a change in life. And, and mm-hmm. just um, they wanted to experience their home differently. And so it was neat to be able to work inside people's, you know, enter into someone's life in such a personal sure. space in their mm-hmm. home and yeah. just get, I got to see the value that, that the work we did added to them. And that was very fulfilling for me. Mm. No, that's really good because I mean, several things I could uh, unpack there. Obviously we don't have time to unpack every, every bit of this, but that's, you know, for one, as you said, you enjoyed the, the work. And I was going to say, I've never, I've seen you with maybe a clipboard, but I haven't seen you, <laughs> you know, with a, with a hammer or saw, but, um, no, I'm kidding. But, but, um, I love the fact that one, you didn't have a, this, I think it's so easy for successful business owners to look back and say, well, yeah, I had this great vision and this is exactly how I saw this happening 18, 20 years ago. And, the reality is that's not usually the case. And even if you had that grand plan, it probably wasn't going <laughs> to turn out exactly that way. So I, I like that you're just honest and re- real about that. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of getting getting started and um, looking at your strengths. But the other thing that I heard you say was, uh, at least uh, you inferred, was that basically you were listening to the client and and that it was bigger than just construction like some you know so i think there's there's some metaphor analogy about a guy building a wall and um you know i forget you can you can google it but it's it's more than just laying bricks it's it's creating this this masterpiece and and how are the the people is really about serving people is what you're what you're getting to so that's that's awesome and i know over the years you 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 and your team have always always been very good at listening and not just forcing what you want on the customer is you actually want to understand you know what they want so anyway how did, how did the first you know what what did the first year of business look like take us back to that time yeah and just real quick to to kind of follow up with what you just said i think along with that um i i, I quickly learned that it was almost kind of this theme. If if somebody has a home, I can help them because mm-hmm. it it was so much more than just that client. It was my mom or you know mm-hmm. the neighbor who has an issue. It it was something that could be applied in so many ways that if you got mm-hmm. a home, I can I can possibly be a value to you, which is mm-hmm. really neat. Um, sure, and and kind of addictive a little bit. Um, 
Well, and and just very quickly, that's that's the, the this really t- gets to the crux of this podcast is. I used to be a part of a, a note investing podcast and that's, that was really great. But what the episodes that we had that really people really loved were, were the human, the human side of things where we do- dove into people's backstories. And that's what we want to draw out in this, in this show is there's a human element to all of this. And then, um, but what you're saying is if, if you, if they had a home, you could help them. Well, there are a lot of, a lot of homes out there, right? So you could, sounds like you immediately saw you could help. A lot of people right yeah absolutely um and so yeah so even for the you know you mentioned if there's somebody listening that is in construction and maybe considering it you know kind of thing it's toying with doing their own thing I, I think for me what what made me take that step and this was about a year and a half after graduating from college um that mm-hmm. happened um was you know where i i was I, I great guy i worked for but there there just wasn't the the vision for what we could do and build together um and and really wasn't able to give things away um to to me to own um in terms gotcha. of kind of micromanaging and and i can remember the the day still I was nailing up base trim in someone's kitchen for the 500th time. Mm-hmm. And he was standing over my shoulder watching to make sure mm-hmm. I did it correctly. And, and I remember turning and saying, buddy, like I got this, mm-hmm. I'll finish this job. You go run another mm-hmm. one and we'll really build this thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it wasn't where he was comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, not right or wrong it's just a comfort level and for yeah. me i i wanted to build something um yeah well and i think a lot of entrepreneurs start their business because they see that th- they can do it better <laughs> yeah. i mean not i mean no one wants to be micromanaged i hate that right but but it sounds like you realize like no if i was in this guy's shoes we could really blow this thing up in a, in a good way right yeah and and a lot of it is i i'm kind of a growth junkie so to me to kind of be you know content with kind of doing the same thing and not really growing and that puts me to sleep it drives me nuts i i want to be building something and it's expanding and and so we just looked at things differently um yeah and so starting off (laughs) those first couple years there's there's more stories than than we have time for but um i i really was a really a carpenter assistant kind of skill level Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. had no clue about the business side Mm -hmm. of things. Um, I can remember, you know, one of my first larger jobs, we were converting a two car garage into a family room. Um, and I remember doing the estimate and, you know, starting to get a sense of, man, it kind of costs a lot of money to, have a truck payment and kind of, I got to pay for insurance and starting to get a little bit of that stuff. And yeah, you know, I can remember doing the estimate and and in the estimate form charging myself out at $13 an hour um, and feeling guilty about it (laughs) because I, I had been paid nine 
at my prior job. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to go for this. It's highway robbery, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's no, no concept of, of yeah. overhead. And, and it's surprising your, your history degree didn't prepare you for that. But, um, <laughs> right with history. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. There, and it's really that's, it gets to the the point of the whole, I mean, running a business, whether it's construction or a uh, restaurant is completely different than, you know, being a, a, a building the house uh, or cooking. Right. So um, yeah, running a business is, is a whole different beast. I don't think any of us are fully prepared for it uh, when we make the leap into entrepreneurship. So um so the first couple of years, well, well, first of all, what would you say to a listener who they haven't started a business? You know, how do they decide? I mean, we understand it's not a one size fits all. There's not, you know, everyone should be an entrepreneur. That's definitely not the case. But looking back, how would you advise someone who's who is now in your shoes? You know, when you were working for for that other company to decide whether they should start a company or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for me, there's, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say to someone whether I think they should mm-hmm. start a company or not. Um, I think for me, it, what I've learned is I just had a lot of opportunity um, mm-hmm. that was, presented to me and mm-hmm. um and yes it took you know a lot of grit and determination and things like that but sure but ultimately it, it i almost you know if you think of like a you know the old school tricycle with the big wheel on the front mm-hmm. and the two i almost think of it opportunity is that big wheel in mm-hmm. my experience as a business owner um okay and the capacity and grit are kind of the the back mm. two. And okay. for me, I I had lots of opportunities. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like the opportunities are what drove that train initially. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um and yes, I had grit and I worked my butt off and I had the capacity to kind of do that. Um but it's 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 kind of like for me, you know, when you start, if you haven't exercised in a while, which you look you look great by the way, Jamie. You look like <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, Thanks. If you haven't exercised for a while, and you first start going back to the gym, you you only really get, at least in my experience, I only get motivated after I've gone for a while. Like the motivation mm-hmm. isn't there right out the gate. I kind of have to suck sure. it up for the first couple months, and yeah. then it becomes a little bit more addictive, and I get more motivated. Um, the running a business or sometimes even with, you know, complicated things like that, it's, it's, it's like that from, in my experience where I had opportunities, I responded to those. And then as I'm going down the path, it's, Mm -hmm. it just builds the grit, the hard work. It's kind of building on one another itself. Yeah. It does. Builds upon itself. So yeah, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, why didn't you just, if you didn't like being micromanaged by this guy and hopefully he doesn't listen to this, um, why didn't you just go work for another contractor though, as opposed to starting your own business? Sounds like because you saw the opportunity and it, and it, it, you know, it just 
you saw how you could help so many people, but I guess, you know, anything to add there as far as why you didn't just get another job versus starting, starting your own company. Cause they're two very different things. Yeah. Good question. I think that, um, one thing I've learned about myself is I, I do enjoy kind of charting my own path. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. At the same time, that's, that's also led to some adversity in mm. the story of, yeah, you know, Smith house. Um, yeah. um I, I would say for people, you know, just this is my own two cents. Look, life has seasons just because you start a business doesn't mean that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So maybe you try it for a couple of years or, and, and you put in that grit and it, it, it starts, um, maybe you realize this is what you're supposed to do, or maybe you realize you're, you no, you should go backwards and maybe not backwards, but pivot and get a W2. I mean, there's n- nothing wrong with trying to start a business. Um, and, uh, but it's not, a not always a permanent thing either. So, um, yeah, just, that's just my two cents there. So let's talk about. Obviously, we're gonna have to gloss over some of the some of the ups and downs of of the business. But I, I know you had some struggles early on in the business. Let's talk about that. What was what were some of the what was some of the adversity you faced with the business? Yeah. So again, I you know we it was at the beginning it was me and and a few you know great guys that were working with me but we were honest hard-working mm-hmm. guys but really did not have a background and skill and things like mm-hmm. that that we we knew how things needed to happen i just knew we could figure it out and so mm-hmm. i love that those yeah. first couple of years was you know I wasn't very social with friends. I was on the <laughs> nights and weekends. I was reading and studying on mm-hmm. construction and, you know, all things home and, and then the finance side of things. And yeah. it, it was kind of going to school on those kind of things. Um, and then about a year and a half in, I, um, I joined up with another guy and we, we had a, formed a partnership and, um that lasted a a little over a year okay and one of the challenges with that is that he was in a similar boat where we we loved construction we loved carpentry and building but again the business side was not there You you brought similar skill sets to the table right we did yeah and without realizing it we had gone into debt um i see yeah to the you know tune of you know sixty five thousand dollars, which at that time was a ton of money. Sure. Um, so, just briefly, we won't stay there for too long. But how is that like credit credit card debt, or how, how did that work? Uh, no, not necessarily. It, it it really was we we weren't charging enough for projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so we weren't really making money on projects. However, yeah. we didn't feel that as long as we were busy sure. because it was, there was still an inflow of cash and there wasn't a great accounting of, you know, yeah. our expenses, what we owed people. Yeah. And then when things slowed down, um, you know, this was kind of 2006 ish. 
for a couple of months and it all of a sudden was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're fully paid up and we owe people a lot of money. So you um, owned uh, vendors or subcontractors or... Um, we did. Got it. Okay. Understood. Uh, a lot of them. And it was, it was painful and, um, you know, lots of people uh, were telling us to declare bankruptcy and, you know, it was mm. a, a challenging time. We split the partnership split at that point. And okay. I kind of had to make the call at that point. What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to continue on with this or am I going to call it quits and, yeah. declare bankruptcy and things like that um well i didn't realize it, would, it had gotten that uh i knew a little bit about that but that's you know it's pretty real so what what's going through your mind at, at that point and how is that affecting your let's be honest your ego and confidence as a you know as a as an entrepreneur or as a as a man i mean how how's this making yeah you, what's going through your mind i mean it was certainly one of those life moments where you felt broken you know mm -hmm. and um i can remember just bawling and mm -hmm. you know with, with a, a family member my dad talking about mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. um and you know over course of a couple of days just did a lot of deep thinking of what what was going to be the next move and i just mm -hmm. i did not I know our situation is different, but at that time it was just, it was such a small company and it was such small relationships with different subcontractors and things. I just, the bankruptcy was just not an option for me. I just, mm -hmm. it, I couldn't mm -hmm. consider it. Um, so I, it was kind of a decision like we're going to, we're going to do this. Um, mm -hmm. And thankfully had some help, um, you know, through a, you know, a little, family loan kind of from mm -hmm. my dad to mm -hmm. help us get over that hump and you know came to an agreement with all the various subcontractors kind of payment plans and things like that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um around the same time we became pregnant with my our first okay um <laughs> and, and as exciting as that may be i imagine you see a do dollar sign of expenses. Oh my God. If yeah. If we're being honest. Right. Absolutely. I, I already for a couple of months had not been paying myself. Um, mm -hmm. it was just trying, we were just living off of my wife's salary, mm -hmm. which was not, you know, much mm -hmm. kind of an administrative assistant kind of level. Um, yeah. got pregnant. I, I didn't, you know, take a salary for close to a year. Hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, it was a lot of, it was yeah. just a grind. It I was, appreciate it you was, sharing this because, you know, it's, look, we're not, we've had, we've had guests cry on the show. We're not trying to get there, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's, there's no, that's not the goal, but it's, you know, this is very real and this wasn't like a, it's going to be a, 15 minutes in a podcast episode but it was a couple of years if not longer of, of hardship that you had to go through so for the entrepreneur who hasn't started their business not saying that's going to happen the same way but are you are you up for that <laughs> Do you know yeah I mean, um because it's just so easy to look back or, or to look now at, at your your picture dave the picture of dave smith the 
successful business owner and say, man, that must be nice. You know, uh, he's got it all together. So I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and real um, with us. And so, you know, you get your wife gets pregnant. So then um, are you how are you attacking this problem? What 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 happens next? It, well, I got into a habit of underselling a, a very, very dangerous habit of out, underselling jobs so we get them and we have something coming and uh-huh. trying to do as much as we can and maybe running more than one at a time. And so very short, um, short term, short term thinking, really. Right. Short term think- thinking survival mode. Um, sure. Sure. And so right about that time uh as my wife you know coming due with our first um we had one of our most challenging clients in 18 years um fairly large whole house renovation um and it it, it, even for the purposes of this show i I was Mm -hmm. thinking about it it was it was me kind of asking the, you know, just thinking about the question, you know, what's, what's my, what's my role in someone else's story? Am I part mm. of their story of adversity or am I part mm. of their story of abundance? Mm. And I, love that. I was absolutely, they were a part of my story of adversity <laughs> at that time. Um, uh-huh. So, and, so how can you explain that briefly? What What, what do you mean by that? Uh, in that they, you know, it just were really challenging, you know, difficult to work with, difficult to work with, and were more interested in, um, their abundance than any, I see anyone else. And so, uh, kind of taking advantage of others. Um, and I can remember to give an example of how that time was that, you know, the day Alice went into, you know, uh, labor and Mm -hmm. the day after right away, I'm, I'm out working in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, just because of this pressure of, Mm -hmm. you know, demanding client. Yeah. And you've got money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. I mean, that's a, it's a lot on your shoulders. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure. For sure. So, um, okay. So, how did it, things unfold over the next, the ensuing weeks and months? Well, for um, you know, we we got through that time thankfully, and um, it just had some great people with me. I, I JP, who's kind of been with me from day one, he's just <laughs> such yeah. rock solid, and I'm not sure um, what you do without him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So I think of I, I think of those relationships with, that sure. really during those tough times made such a difference. But um, I think also one of the things I I learned in those early years was, and especially if somebody is considering um, whether this field or whatever, but just the value of um, being okay looking like an idiot. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So so important because when you're starting something out it it just you don't know what you don't know and just yeah. being okay to 
to just ask someone it right i i would all the time ask whether the trade contractor or whomever like hey educate me about that tell me about sure. that that's good yeah and yeah. what you find is lots of times people enjoy sharing their information sometimes yeah. too much um <laughs> yeah <and> so, I know. <laughs> definitely i mean but that's where the growth happens right and you know I, i'm not saying my ego never gets in the way i'm certainly not not saying that but that's you know we only have so many hours in the day i you you you're not you can't learn you know to be a surgeon um there, there's plenty of things that you're an expert in dave that i'm not and vice versa and that's okay so uh, you yeah. know it's okay that i don't know there's a, so much i don't know so i'm not typically embarrassed to ask the dumb questions either because so what i that's not my field of expertise. Like there's like, it's impossible yeah. to know everything. So I, um, but that's where the growth happens. And like I said before, you're, you're a very good listener. And so it sounds like you surrounded yourself with experts. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were gleaning information from, from others who knew a lot more than you and you were willing to be vulnerable and, and look stupid, as you said. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, so it, was that just like in the, like learning business or learning con construction or, or is this, um, how did that look like tactically? You mentioned JP, but were there others like coaches or how was this, how did that look? You know, I, that's one thing I would say the, to the coach comment. Um, I did have consultants and I was reaching out all the time asking, how do you do this or that? But if if I could have done something earlier, mm -hmm. it would have been to really engage and just pay for a great coach. Like um, a great business coach, right? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I I had a, some coaches in the early years, but not mm -hmm. anything that was a real commitment that it just was a great fit. And now having had that, I think it, it, the light bulb moment for me, sometimes you have those kind of light bulb moments. And I can remember, sure. I don't know if you've ever seen the Usain Bolt movie. No. Um, they had a documentary about him. Uh -huh. This was years ago. But I can remember sitting there watching this and they're interviewing Usain Bolt. And he here, this guy is like the fastest human in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's saying... I, I wouldn't have been anything without my two coaches hmm. and mm -hmm. he's giving all the credit to mm -hmm. his two coaches. And I'm sitting there thinking like, if this guy's the fastest human in the world and he's <laughs> saying he'd be nothing without his coaches. Yeah. What the, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. I, I need to really make this a priority. Sure. Um, That's and really so I did advice. and okay. it kind of never looked back. Um, nice. So did you, at that point, like you got it, you started paying for a coach or, you know, was this year three or four in the business? Um, when, when did you get a coach? I, I wish it was year three or four. No, <laughs> um, this is three or four months ago. No, I'm no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, again, had some consultants and coaches right. the first several years of the business, but this was five, six years ago when really gotcha. hunkered down and got intentional with a great coach. Mm -hmm. gotcha. um, um, 
So maybe we can touch on that in a little bit if we have time. But so walk us through kind of, we've kind of left off where, you know, things were really struggling in the first few years. um, And you're not taking salary. Kind of walk us through the next uh, few years as far as the business goes. And then I know there there's some more um, personal, um, I guess, family growth that came with some ups and downs as well. Um, how did the next, say, five years of your life unfold? Yeah, and just to give even a high level fast forward, because I've been told I, you know, people look at our life and think we just love chaos, but we, <laughs> you know, five kids, three dogs, it's a very busy mm-hmm. household. And it's kind of well, how did that all get there. Um, so during that, you know, tough time had our, our first. And then over the next couple of years, I'm, I'm slowly building things with, with JP and, and mm-hmm. building the business and we're getting some good traction. You know, we're mm-hmm. starting to, to make some progress and grow, which nice. is great. Um, yeah. still was not, you know, you weren't, you weren't killing it. It was slim pickings, <laughs> yeah. um, for sure. The business um, seems stable at this point, but we're not it, talking financial abundance at this. At not at point. all. Yeah. Yeah. Not Got at it. all. Um, we moved to Baltimore city, um, uh, which we love there. We love, we're, we love Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. and we became involved in some different organizations. Um, and my wife, you know, was part of starting one that, you know, just worked with, you know, you know, people in either lower income areas, like kind of on the margins. Um, mm-hmm. she works specifically with organizations with teen moms and teen dads. Um, okay. and it was through this, that whole time that, and it was weird because it was still in this kind of season of adversity that mm-hmm. um, we just, our eyes were open in so many different ways to mm-hmm. kind of the needs around us. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, race and Baltimore mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, the different inequalities that are just present and things that I witnessed even remodeling in people's homes, the stories mm-hmm. that, you know, some are just painful to think back on, um, mm-hmm. of, you know, some of those issues. And we, we decided that we wanted to adopt and we wanted to do it locally and domestically. Um, okay. and so we, we started down that path and, um, this was probably a year after our first was born. We officially mm-hmm. did that. And, um, it wasn't too long after that that, you know, we were doing the home study and we had, mm. you know, we're starting to get things in order. And I think we had paid a $3,000, you know, deposit toward our adoption fee kind of thing. Mm. Um, and at so that you're time, pre- somebody, you're pretty serious about it at that point, right? We are, which $3,000 yeah. at that time was a yeah. pretty significant yeah. sacrifice. Sure. Um, and it was about that time you know, a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing um, that we knew from the church we were attending, Mm -hmm. uh, knew we were interested in adopting and said, met with us and said, hey, there's a a family that has kind of been, the kids have been in and out of 
child protective services um mm. you know would you have interest in you know fostering or mm-hmm. or you know perhaps that could lead to adoption mm-hmm. well at the time we we talked about it and it was a sibling set um okay um at first we said no okay um we would have had to forfeit the deposit we had just made mm-hmm. and there was it was a sibling set of four and mm-hmm. wow it we just we're like i i, I don't know how we're gonna swing that yeah. um it, it, logically it just <laughs> makes no sense right for yeah given your circumstances yeah it didn't um right. well fast forward a couple of weeks and it, it, we got a call from um yeah this is where i could get emotional talking about it but <laughs> we got a call from someone that was you know caring for the the kids and mm-hmm. um taking them out to dinner at chick-fil-a and um essentially said i can't take them back to that house i'm either going straight to social services or you know whatever but it's late can you can you help me out and can we come by your house for the evening until I can get in touch with CPS kind of thing? Hmm. Um, so we said yes. And, and they never left. Uh, hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. I mean, long story short, but yeah. yeah. So we, we then applied, became foster parents. Um, so, so literally, it. literally, you wake up on a Tuesday because I, I know it wasn't Sunday if they were at Chick Fil A, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, you don't have these. Is it two girls, right? Uh, uh, three, three. You, you and said at the four. Time it was four. We had okay. the brother as well. Okay, but you and and then th- that morning you don't have them and then that that night you do right yeah (laughs) and you had no intention of that happening that day um when you woke up so okay so 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 you applied you go through the the process the administrative and legal process of 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 taking custody or how does that work well first it was yeah to become foster parents foster parents we had to take and they because the need was such great, so great, they actually let us act as foster parents before we were technically gotcha. approved, so to speak. Um, and we very quickly just felt like this is this is what we want to do. do. You should do you this. Know? This is what you're yeah. meant to do. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, now. I mean, obviously, this is like a monumental thing in your, in your life and, and their lives as well. And uh, this is not a, it, unfortunately, we just gloss over this stuff on the podcast. And, you know, um, it's obviously a lot more involved and complicated than than we're going to make it sound. But But just briefly, you know, at this point, I guess if you, you know, you were so wrapped up previously in your own problems and i don't mean that and like to put you down but how did this reframe your own like financial uh challenges that you you had when you were 
now focused on somebody else's uh, challenges? You know, it's it's funny because you sometimes you hear, um, I think lots of times entrepreneurs even talking about that they learn the value of when you're kind of other focused and you're helping others that yeah. ironically helps you. And yeah. And really it's a, it's a message as old as Jesus, but <laughs> nonetheless, sure. it seems new to us all the time. But <laughs> despite we don't, all we, that, yeah, we need to relearn <laughs> things like, you know, yeah, but, I know exactly. Um, it, despite all of that challenge and just really tough times mm-hmm. on so many levels, there was still a sense of abundance even in the mm. midst of it because mm. we just loved these kids and mm-hmm. it um and you know talk about you know feeling that you're adding value and providing uh, yeah. you're moving someone toward abundance yeah in the fulfillment of that 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 was um sure that's what it was and so we were foster parents. That process was close to three years. Um, wow. It was, you know, if you think of a roller coaster, the highs and the lows were extreme mm. um, because early on, the Maryland has one of the highest reunification rates in the country. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're biological parent. And our, our first, foster um social services rep made no it was not unclear at all that her clear intention was reunification wow um okay with the with the biological parents which the more we learned of the story and the the Mm -hmm. the trauma that they had gone through Mm. it just broke your heart over and over again um we we had to do weekly visits with the biological parents and okay you you were just on a weekly basis you would we have the visit that would mm-hmm. then trigger a, yeah. a really tough couple of days of kids not understanding and by the way the mm-hmm. our kids were one three uh four and five at that time that wow. are that we were fostering um and then my our our first biological son uh was four so kind of right in that mix um yeah so they they don't understand i mean that's got to be just super challenging for for all of them as well um and confusing i mean i yeah i can't i can't imagine i mean it's so okay so how does the so you did that for three years the the foster parent thing we you know we make it sound like it was just a thing you did but um and then how did things progress after that three-year period um well we we made clear that we we wanted to adopt and mm-hmm. um and and even the, you know we we would have several court cases a year um mm-hmm. where the judge would weigh in on whether or not mm-hmm. what would be the decision and those were awful because you're you pack bags just in case the decision is to reunify and you know that might be it um but anyway um we ultimately we we agreed to an open adoption and um 
and it's it's one of those things that you know people and they just mean well and and mm-hmm. so totally understand it but you know sometimes you get the kind of oh man that's so those kids are so lucky and you know mm-hmm. good for them and and alice and i always want to respond and say like no you don't get it like <laughs> we're mm-hmm. the ones that have been blessed more than them mm-hmm. because we've learned so much that we just otherwise would not have been mm-hmm. not have known um mm-hmm. things about special needs things about trauma things about mental health mm-hmm. um things about race we have a we have mm-hmm. a mixed race family so mm-hmm. we've sure. encountered things that otherwise we never would have had to mm-hmm. to do and the result you, you just feel so thankful for mm-hmm. that decision um well i mean you know both things can be true the kids are are better off because of the decision you and Alice made, but also you've benefited as well. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think it's possible for anyone on the outside to fully get it, but that's, I mean, that's a, that's awesome that you're able to look back and, and see the blessing that was in that adversity, really, really for, for everyone involved. Um, So, and now just jumping back to the business, how does your business look at, at this period of time? Um, so we, you know, we continue to grow. We've been on a steady growth trajectory, you know, mm-hmm. um, for the past 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was probably not that long after we adopted our kids um, that we, we moved into design. And we started okay. doing interior design in-house. Okay. Um, yeah. Which some of the things as we grew, they came out of a frustration out of mm-hmm. just similar to even starting some house of we can do this better. Like mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. service is not great. And so sure. there was a lot of frustration with kind of the traditional design bid build. Mm-hmm. model where you design plans, you send it out for bid, then you mm-hmm. pick a contractor and you build it. But what happens so often is the the costs come back because the architect's not really an authority on the cost. So costs come back way over budget and it you mm-hmm. you're spinning everyone's wheels. Meanwhile the clients fell in love with this beautiful design, design. that yeah that can't be built. And so we started design just out of our frustration of like, there's a better way, you know, let's, let's speak authoritatively both on the build and the construction side of things and on the design side of things. And let's marry those two things and Mm -hmm. let's just make it simpler for people and and more efficient. Got it. Um, Okay. So it sounds like I, I know there was, there've been ups and downs in those 15 years for, on the business side, but in general, if you looked at the last 15 years, it just, it, there's been a lot of, a lot of growth in in your business, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been, been fine. I think, yeah, it's been a ride. I think, um, you know, we're big on, we're big on the team. We're big on our culture. Um, yeah. I think one well, of the things early on that got us through those tough periods was just a high, just levity, just laughing at things. Sure. Um, 
and because of that, one of our kind of core values is Will Ferrell. <laughs> That's amazing. It, like you're dead serious, right? Dead serious. It's just wow. We um we like to work hard but have fun, you know, doing sure. it. Yeah, well, that's one of the things, and it actually gets to one of the the things I I notice about your business from the from the outside, and it clearly with the uh, fostering and adoption, um, you've shown that you're you and your wife are not just focused on making money, but you're also focused on serving others. But looking at your business from the outside, one of the things that I've seen that makes you stand out is just um, some of the service that you've been able to provide to people and organizations through your business directly. Can you speak to that? Um, you know, how do you, what does that look like? Why do you do that? Why do you, why do you take on those projects? And I, I imagine it gets to the culture of your business. So give us a little more context there. Yeah. So I'm a, just by nature, a competitive person, <laughs> you know, you and yeah. I have, yeah. have played, played lacrosse <laughs> together. I, um, yeah. I you played, played lacrosse, lacrosse in with, college. Yeah, with my brother at Penn State. Those are yep. fun games and your to listeners, watch. Your listeners should know because they probably don't realize, but in some circles, you were called the legend. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to play on the. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to work that into the the the, the title of this episode, or at least the, the show notes, or something. The legend. Call, yeah, call it the legend, and it's not <laughs> about the guest speaker at all. It's about no, you. <laughs> it's about me. Well, I think Dave, you are the one to keep keeping that one alive. So I'll send you, I'll send you some more money. Keep that going. So, but um, Thank you. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so speak to you know what does that look like? Why do you, why do you, um, how do you do volunteer work, or what does that look like from the company standpoint? Yeah. So and yeah, as I was saying, I just kind of a competitive person, and the first couple of years of the business. I mean, honestly, my thought was I want to be the best and I want to be the best sure. in the Baltimore and I want to take this guy down and I want to take them down. And <laughs> yeah, and I that has changed over the years. And I remember yeah. I didn't coin the phrase, but I remember sitting, listening to someone speak at several years ago and the, another light bulb moment. And it was like, that's mm. it. That's that's what who we are and what we're headed mm. for. Um, but essentially, it, the comment was. You know, we 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 don't we don't need as many people that are interested in being the best in in something. We need more people that are interested in being the best for something. And so, mm. what I take from that is, I don't really care about being the best in Baltimore. Mm. I'm more interested in us being the best for Baltimore. Mm. That's and great. So, what that means to me is that, and even the you know, just borrow a phrase from, from your podcast is, is looking for ways to, you know, be other focused and create, move people toward abundance. Again, like mm -hmm. whether it's my staff or whomever, like am I part mm -hmm. of their adversity story or part of their abundance story? Mm -hmm. And so we, we are, you know, we have a high, you know, priority on just the community and um, we want to, we want to make an impact in Baltimore because there's just so much work to be done. Um, sure. when yeah, you so what, are, think, what are some of the, I'm sorry, what, what are some of the projects your groups you've gotten involved with? Well, so much of it in the past has been reactive okay. where 
people will reach out and say, Hey, do you want to be a sponsor? Do you want to mm-hmm. donate? You know, and our, we call it the building better Baltimore campaign that we, it, it's new. I mean, we're developing it mm. this year. It's a, okay. it's a, it's a proactive way. We want to form relationships with different organizations. Okay. And, um, you know, just slowly feel like we're making an impact and we're doing more than just responding to the calls that come into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a quick, for instance, would be last week we had safe alternatives. Um, uh, Van mm-hmm. Morris runs that organization and it's, it's all about providing, you know, kids that maybe don't have that, those opportunities mm-hmm. particularly that I had growing up. Um, sure with information and kind of a way in uh, mm-hmm. to different companies for a career that are coming out okay. of high school. Um, Love it. And so we had a, you know, fun day at our office and we had some practical, you know, tips and tricks on how to do things, drywall mm-hmm. framing. And then we talked about, you know, what design is like, what the build is like. Leticia from our team talked about, hey, what's a good resume look like, you know, <laughs> from an HR sure. perspective. Um, so that I guess that's kind of an example, but more than yeah. even, you know. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's uh, really good. Um, I, one of the things that comes to mind, you know, you get, I guess, speaking to like kind of entrepreneurship and we're we're going to move toward wrapping up. I've got some rapid fire questions as we kind of land the plane a little bit, but, um, the, you know, capitalism slash entrepreneurship to me, this is, you know, my, my view is I see it as a great thing. I mean, granted anything can to an extreme is not good, but, but because you've been focused on building this company and being the best, you've now actually have a much a bit bigger platform and more resources to be able to make a bigger impact. So, um, you know, there's this sort of, uh, not that Dave Smith's here counting all his pennies and, and it's all about your net worth, but, um, I guess, what would you say to somebody who's kind of anti entrepreneur, anti small business or anti capitalism, you know, with regard to them being all greedy and and versus look look at look at your company you're doing you're a force for good um so how do you view that as far as just you know being focused on making money making a profit versus serving kids in inner city baltimore how do you how do you put that in, how do you frame that um that's a great question i um you know it's it's tough cuz on the one hand Lots of times in my experience, when I meet maybe a fellow business owner or something, and they're just high on drive, they're just off mm-hmm. the charts. Sure. Sometimes that makes me a little nervous. Um, mm. cause I know, but only because I know myself. And mm-hmm. at times when I've been so high on that drive, it can, mm-hmm. I can tend to focus more on myself. Um, sure. And, and what I'm doing and my goals and my, my, my. Yeah. Um, Jim Collins, you know, mm-hmm. author, good to great, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He has an analogy that I, we talk about at Smith House a lot, but it's called window and mirror maturity. Um, okay. Which I think helpful when, for me, when thinking stuff like this, but 
window and mirror maturity, it's, you know, it's a spectrum. Like, are, how mm-hmm. mature are you? And mm-hmm. on the healthy end of the spectrum, if you're very mature, you have high window and mirror maturity. But what that means, it's all about how, how you look at your own success and mm-hmm. how you handle criticism. So am I likely to point out the window to factors outside myself mm. for my mm-hmm. success? Or mm-hmm. am I likely to point in the mirror and mm. say it was all about me, mm-hmm. um, all about my hard work? Um, mm-hmm. And and you do the same with criticism. When somebody criticizes you, are you likely to point out the window and blame other circumstances? Or are you likely to, you know, own it and look Take in ownership. the mirror? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that it, I think there's probably examples of, of great examples of, you know, capitalism and, and companies yeah. doing awesome things. And sure. I think that like anything to your point, to an extreme thing, you yeah. got to watch out for. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think you have people on both extremes where you've got some people who say, well, money doesn't matter. You know, um, it's, you know, I've got everything I need or, 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 um, you know, that's greed and I'm not going to feed into that. And to me, that's somebody who's maybe not making the impact they should be because they're not growing, creating, um, you know, ver- you know, and so th- there's excuses on either side, you know, then the other side is obviously just like you said, all totally focused on your own business and your own growth and not, not serving others. But, um, it's i guess to me money and capitalism and you know business it's kind of like the, the internet it's 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 not necessarily good or bad but it's a it's very can be used for good or bad and it's it's not something to ignore it's something to own and um it's a very important thing that we need to steward and um use for good so i'll get off my my soapbox but um Totally agree. So, yeah. so as far as kind of the more recent, like who, what is your, cause I, I've got some rapid fire questions right after this, but who, who is your ideal client? Who, who do you look to serve in the Baltimore, greater Baltimore area? Um, you know, speak a little bit more about your business. I can say that we've worked with you guys for years. And if we were disappointed, we wouldn't keep coming back. Um, you've added a ton of value to multiple houses of ours and not just the houses, but our family. Um, so you and your team have done a phenomenal job with, um, several big projects for us. Um, and I know you've, you've done so much other good in the, in the community, but who do you serve as far as your, your business and, um, what's your client, your, your, the avatar of your client look like? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So you know, I think on on the one hand, again, we're all things home. So we do a hand, we'll have handyman projects, we'll do large projects in terms of project type, in terms of type of client, you know, we, we are in, in more of a higher end kind of luxury market um, yeah. for our, our kind of sweet spot project. And, and one of the reasons that is kind of where we find our niche is because we spend a lot of time focused on the experience mm-hmm. of the client going through it and yeah. and the management of it and making sure things are buttoned up. And, and so there's cost to that. And so 
Sure. There's only certain you know, demographic that can certainly, um, yeah. you know, make Afford that investment. That. Yeah. Sure. Makes sense. Got it. Um, awesome. And, and so very quickly, this is almost not going to do this justice, but I know you, you mentioned before we hit record, uh, you've had a lot of kind of ups and downs with your own spiritual growth. And we could have a whole episode just on this, but looking back at everything we've talked about, it's almost, again, not really fair here, but how would you frame your own kind of spiritual growth with regard to your family experience and, and your business experience? What would you say to the listener out there um, about that topic? Uh, yeah, dear boy, we'll, it could be a, a follow-up, well, ep- but um, episode two, we can dive into this one more. Yeah, I I think what I found just as I was thinking about our conversation leading up to it, what I find interesting about a spiritual topic in my life is that oftentimes I tend to think of adversity to abundance in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly financial or something, sure. um, and that's not, in my experience, always the case. Mm-hmm. That, um, and particularly in spiritual life now of, of just kind of over the past several years, um, you know, coming to a place where I, I felt hey, there's some parts of my tradition that I don't want to hold on to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the adversity that came from that is, is deep and really complicated because mm-hmm. then I became kind of an outsider from mm-hmm. those family and friends that were a part of that tradition still. I and I was the one, ma'am, the one kind of that's, mm. that's the lost kind of thing. And um, at the same time, such a really cool level of abundance and just freedom and mm. um, that I've never quite experienced in the same way. Yeah, and so marrying the two of them is really interesting and, and certainly a deep topic, but, um, yeah, yeah we'll have to we, bring you back. We, we briefly <laughs> touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but that's, I mean, Hey, kudos to you for doing that deep work instead of just, uh, accepting everything that uh, as is, but all right. So rapid fire questions. These are going to have to be r- real quick and then we'll, we'll get out of here. You ready? Yep. What is one thing that people misunderstand about you, Dave? Um, I tend to come across as a total goof. And <laughs> sometimes people can misunderstand me for gotcha. probably not thinking through things as much as I really do. <laughs> I mean, Will Farrell is one of your company tenants. So I don't know, maybe maybe you can't blame them. But anyway, I'm just I don't know. Totally valid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self some advice, what, what would it be? Um, uh, probably the coach comment we talked about earlier of really making that a priority. Love it. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Mm. You should have sent these ahead of time. Um, (laughs) Nope. This is the fun part. Maybe that's the point. Um, (laughs) Gosh, um, it can be the legend. That's fine. It can, they can still be alive. It can be me. I'm, just it, I'm gonna say you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was kidding. But if you were given ten million dollars tomorrow, Dave, what would you do with it? Not for Three, your company. No, no strings just, attached. No strings attached. Here's you don't even know who it came from. 
Well, listen, you don't have to do that for having me as a guest. <laughs> but, um, I would, we, I, I probably, we've a dream is to have a beach house at Rehoboth. I'd probably nice. uh, accelerate that. And I'd probably want to, if it's just a gift out of nowhere, I'd, hey, let's, uh, let's divvy it up, you know, with <laughs> staff or, you know. Nice. Let's let's share the wealth a little bit. Love it. Um, what is one one uh, major challenge that you're? What's one of the bigger challenges you're facing in your business right now? Um, scaling as comfortably as possible. Um, we've gotcha. grown from the first several years of the business. My focus has been our craft, our our product, mm -hmm. our service, and it's shifting mm -hmm. a little bit more to like training. Mm -hmm. um, as we get mm -hmm. bigger of just being more and more passionate and focused on mm -hmm. our training, our systems and and making sure that that's being recreated, um, even if I'm not necessarily on the front lines. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, got it. So makes sense. Um, what is a, a book or two that you could recommend for our uh, audience? Um, I've always loved The Go-Giver. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, what is one question that you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked? How much do you bench press? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, How much do you bench press, Dave? And why is it 135? Uh, <laughs> Did you say 35 um, or 135? One, one, I gave you the one there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, question you didn't ask me. Anything you want you to cover? That's a great question. Yeah, no, okay. I don't. Yeah. Awesome. So this has been great, Dave. I really appreciate you being vulnerable on, in, on many uh, parts of your story and um, it's a very different episode than we've had before. So this, this is going to be fantastic for the listener for sure. So um, speaking of the listener, where can where can they uh, find you online? Where can they research your company? Uh, yes, smithhouse.com with one H uh, is our website. Fantastic. You don't want to give out your cell phone number? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, Dave Smith of Smith House, um, any other words of wisdom uh, before we, we head out of here? I know. I, I really appreciate you uh, having me, Jamie. I, I hope that I'm self-conscious about how I sound. I tend to sound nasally and squeaky, so hopefully you can edit the video or whatever. Yeah. With that. But... Well, I've got a little getting over a little bit of a cold, so I think, um, you know, I'm probably going to sound worse than you do, but thanks a lot for spending your time with us, Dave. Really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Um, and to the listener out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks everyone. Take care. Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. 
That's B-I-F-I-L-S dot com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.